everybody. Welcome in. It is another edition of the Holy Grail BCJ podcast right here on BearcatJournal.com. And we have a very special edition of the podcast for you today. If you're watching live, you can see a whole lot more faces in this room than normal. And if you're looking and you're a Bearcat fan, you probably recognize a lot, most, if not all of these names. Uh, I'm Chad Brendel. He's Aaron Smith. What's up? Uh, Dave Simone's got some family stuff going on, so uh, if he can get in here, he will. Uh, but if not, I know Aaron Smith will fill in admirably. Uh, but let's screw through the list. Jason Fabini. Hello, former, how you guys doing? Former tackle for the Bearcats in the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, Garrett Campbell, former offensive lineman from the late 90s through the early 2020s. <laughs> I'm getting over it. Wow. Uh, ben Mock, quarterback for the first Brian Kelly year, 2006. One of Ben, do you know what moment? If, if I told you one moment was one of my favorite moments in UC history of yours, would you know what it is? Yeah, I remember watching in 2006 when they beat Rutgers, and I wanted to be a part of that. And uh, I didn't like Greg Schiano and uh, how they treated the Navy team the week before they beat us. And so uh, their motto is uh, always keep chopping when things were going bad. And so once I knew we beat them, I made sure I went to their sideline and chopped a lot of wood for them in front of, uh, in front of their coaching staff. <laughs> One of my favorite, absolute favorite moments in UC history. Terry Grooms, defensive lineman, linebacker, also played against Jason Fabini. They were uh, opposite each other back in the late 90s, early 2000s. And you two guys, we'll get into this, we're on the first bowl team in, what, 47 years? 47 years, man, the Humanitarian Bowl. And that that one is uh, one that people still talk about to this day. Great place to go play a bowl game, middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Zach Edwards is with us. And uh, Zach, the all-time leader in starts at Cincinnati, and uh, one of the all-time leaders in tackles as well. Zach played 50 games as a Bearcat. He started 50 games. It's wow. pretty good. It's pretty good. Not too bad. Uh, <coughs> and then we have, of course, Tom DeTemple joining us. Tom, what, what, what years exactly were you? Uh, 2007 to 2011. So I was part of Brian Kelly's first recruiting yeah. class. And play with Butch Jones for two years as well. So, did the, did Butch have the golf cart by the time you graduated? Uh, I don't think so. That might be a new thing. I don't know. That was no. probably Bob Bob Mangines at the time. But no, Butch had a golf cart with uh, speakers that he oh yeah knows that he would drive around and play like crying baby sounds and big fan of crowd noise. Big fan. Big fan of crowd noise. And then finally. Ladarius Van played uh, wide receiver from 1999 to 2002. 2,483 receiving yards, 14 touchdowns, 204 receptions. How you doing, Ladarius? 214 receptions. That's what I said. Did I, I say 214? I said 204. Oh, 204. I'm, I shorted you 10. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to short you 10. Got it. <laughs> Let, let's say hey, nobody wants to be short in stats. I get that. You know how long it took them to get them 10 catches on there? It took <laughs> 11 years after I left. About 11, 14 years. Do you have to take them video? Like, you missed these 10. 
Was no, it one game that they no, missed? No, actually, uh, somebody wrote an article about it. The mysterious missing catches of Ladarius Van. <laughs> somebody wrote an article about it. And yes. That's fantastic. So yeah. first off, Tom, Terry, you guys are uh, kind of helped spearhead this thing with uh, Cincinnati Football Letterman's Club. I, I want to get to that first. Um, this started right around when Luke got here, right? The, the Letterman's Club. Yeah, so a bunch of guys came together, and uh, we just wanted to build the former player, um, you know, Letterman's Club, and, and give guys the opportunity to come back when they want and have a place to go with the coaching changes and things like that. Um, so we really just, uh, you know, grassroots type of thing and got a bunch of guys together and, and you know, got a tailgate going, and we've, we've got that established. Every week we have a place where guys can come and hang out before the games, and every player gets a – uh, ticket to the game, a season ticket. So we've, we've made a lot of progress in building that support uh, from the former players and making sure that every single former player feels a part of the program still and, and is able to come back and, and, you know, relive the glory days. So we've made a lot of progress. Obviously, this year helps. And the past, uh, you know, five seasons with Pickle, keep building it, getting the guys, uh, you know, performing really well. It, it helps to get people involved. So Terry uh, has been a good, good help with uh, – getting guys from uh, the earlier years and, you know, my connections with the, the more recent players, but Terry and uh, guys like JC Baker and Fabini have all been back and, and really helped grow this. So it's been a lot of fun. And if you're a former player and you want to get involved, they, 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 there's no favoritism. They don't, everybody is allowed back. They even let Craig Carey hang out most games which is a questionable decision. And Ben shakes his head. He knows he was in that room. <laughs> yeah. Craig, Craig's one of a kind. <laughs> Ricochet shots at Craig. I, I had to get those in. Um, Jason, you were in first. We'll start with you. Uh, and, and you guys can all chime in off of this because I think this is, this is what everybody really wants to know. What has watching this all play out? What is watching this season unfold and seeing the, the Bearcats get to, you know, the, the college football playoff, seeing, you know, I, I think today was one of the the bigger moments of all of this with four first team academic All-Americans. Um, so not only, you know, is this team being successful on the field, they're having great success off the field and, and just taking the foundation that you guys laid and building upon it. Well, I think it's, I mean, for me, it's a sense of pride. I have kids that are 24 and 21 and 18, and it's awesome for me to turn on the game and be able to watch it and be able to go back to the games and see them to root for Cincinnati. We're going to go to the bowl game, and we're excited about that. And it's it's prideful. I, you know, I live in Indiana, so there's a lot of Notre Dame and Indiana fans. It was, it was, it was wonderful this year to go up Notre Dame and beat those guys, I'll tell you that. No better feeling that all those Golden Domers here, so – it, it definitely prideful, and I think it's it's been a long road. When me and Terry were there, it was our first bowl game in 47 years, and uh, there were some rough times, and I think there were a little rough times after that, but I think the guys that came after me and Terry, you know, we kind of helped it, and they, those guys brought it along, and it, it's unbelievable, really, today to say that we're playing in the uh, BCS Final Four. It's great. It's unbelievable. It really is. I'm excited, and I know all the guys I played with that I talked to are excited. I talked to a couple guys today, like Zach Sweeney, Mike Roberts, and a couple guys we're going to meet down at the game, and we're excited. It's awesome. 
It really is. Anybody else? I think uh, to to echo uh, what Jason is saying, or what has what Jason has said, is is spot on for the majority of the, if not all. I think I can speak on behalf of all of the eighty nine to ninety. My freshman year was nineteen ninety two. So um, those guys coming off of the death penalty really deserve a lot of the of the credit. You know, you don't see a lot of names. You don't see a lot of um, accolades for those guys, but they did the, I, I'll use a phrase that I probably shouldn't, but I'll, they did the yeoman's work of being committed to the program, being committed to the weight program, uh, being committed to their academics and making sure that guys like me, when I came in and, you know, guys like Beanie, our, our core group of guys that we had stayed committed and understood what it took when you came to the University of Cincinnati, because I don't care, and, and, and folks that um, I'm friends with on Facebook see what I post on Facebook about the University of Cincinnati football uh, program. It might not be in some, you know, in the SEC, and God love the SEC, God loves them, but we, we play just as good, if not better, brand of football, and we can compete with anybody. We respect everybody, but we fear no one, and that's exactly what the mentality is of every single player that has come through this program since I got here in 92. Ladarius? Yeah, that's a great point, Terry. Um, one thing about, um, I will say, um, this is one gripe that I have about UC, and I love UC to death. I'm going to be at the game. This is the most excited a lot of people ever been about UC. Um, and I'm excited, you know what I mean? I brought my tickets that Monday that I knew we were going. <laughs> I brought, I got my tickets. So um, I'm taking my seven-year-old to the game. He's excited about UC. He, that's all he talk about, UC. But I think it's a disconnect from a group of years that helped build UC to this point, you know what I mean? And, you know, you have your Antoine Peaks. You have your, you know what I mean? You have them guys. They they was good. I'm not just going to point out myself, you know what I mean? But Antoine Peake, why, you know what I mean? This is a this is something that we have. Um, I know, Terry, you're not in this uh, particular group. But we got a younger group of UC um, page where we talk about why Antoine Peake's name is not in the ring. You know what I mean? He had the most blocked kicks. He, he was, when you knew UC, you knew Antoine Peake. And uh, I think some guys, I think we got a disconnect or uh, some guys are missing. We are missing some important years in UC history that no one never talks about. You know what I mean? And, and then to me, myself, I own that record for how many years? 15 years. And you never hear my name. You know what I mean? So it, it, it's great that where we at, I'm glad that them guys, cornerbacks um, got their uh, accolades that they did because that's very big for our school. You know what I mean? I'm glad we got in the uh, Big 12. We're in the Big 12. Uh, Pac yep. Yes. Big 12. The Big 12. That's amazing. Big 12, heck so, yeah. So that's amazing. I, I like, man, what they have done to that school is very, is amazing. Like, and I and I try to come back every homecoming. I try my best to come. Only homecoming I miss maybe two in the last eight years. You know what I mean? So, you know what I mean? I try my best to get there as much as I can. You know that my kids no longer live there, 
but you know i mean we do have to um get talk about your 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 the people that built this foundation and we we do we like that i i think everyone would agree that they need to do a better job with that i mean you have there's there's nobody from 08 and 09 that are in the ring that yes. went that went to the orange bowl and the sugar exactly bowl. yes yes so there does need to be a an effort and, and it, it's yeah. the same way you could get basketball too like yeah. you, steve logan's not on not on the oh, wall man. Oh man. Danny Fortson's not on the wall. Like exactly. they, they have to do a better job recognizing the greats. And I think yeah. hopefully with this new administration, I think they understand some of that. And hopefully we'll we'll see that that get is Pike corrected. Is Tony uh is, is the quarterback Tony Pike? What is no it? Pike's not up there. Hmm. They, they I, haven't I put say, anybody. I will say this though, guys. You know, I I my last year was 97, and it's it's come a long way for alumni. Now it's yeah. I mean, it's great. I mean, you can go to a game and you can see you can see former players from shoot. You can see them from the '50s, '60s, '70s, all the way up to the guys that just played. So I, I think that is wonderful. It really yeah. is, and they treat you well, and it it's way better than I think that that I ever could imagine. We're getting there. Yeah, without a doubt. I I think that uh, and it takes time, and you know, you got to be successful. I think for that to happen too, because when you're successful, everybody wants to come and right. And then that's happened the last four or five years, or maybe the last ten years. It really has that you want to actually go back. Well, if we were I, two and if we were two and ten or one and eleven, not a lot of guys would want to come back. Right. I think Luke. Like I, I've talked about this with Luke. I've talked about it with Wes Miller. We've seen Wes Miller do it a lot on the basketball side as well. Guys that come from places like North Carolina and Ohio State, like they understand that. Like they 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 live it. They lived it and. I think they have a, a good grasp of what the brotherhood means, not just who you were with, but the guys before you and the guys after you. Um, I think Luke has, you know, made a concerted effort to to do a much better job. Tom, you could probably speak to that with everything you've done with CLFC. It, it seems like he he understands that at a at a pretty high level. Yeah, and kind of to talk about what Ladarius said, you know, like every former player should feel that they have the right to go up to the Lindner center and walk in and, and introduce yourself to the new staff. And I think that would mean a lot to them that, you know, you need to show support too. So it, it's, it goes hand in hand. And I think we're, we're getting there. Um, when we talk to coach fickle, he's completely on board with former players being around um, going to practices and, you know, our unit is going to be that kind of connection where, if anybody wants to go back to practice games, whatever, you can contact us and we can get you, we can let the team know. So it's not like you're just showing up off the street and they're like, who is this dude? So, you know, I think that we just need to get a, a better stream of communication. That's what we're working on. And I think, you know, to echo everybody, we're all excited. Obviously having a good team, it, it's easier to follow. It's more, you know, you start feeling really good about being a former player. So, um, and I think, you know, just keep uh, building off of, you know, the success that the team has had right now that we can get guys to go to this game and experience, you know, competing for a national championship. Every single former player is part of that. I don't care. You know, Fickle has built a monster here, but everybody before that time has built the foundation of Cincy. And those buildings that are there now is something that we helped build. So everybody should feel good about that. Garrett, I want to hit on you real quick because you – Played for Luke, like you, you played yeah. for Luke Fickle. Yep. 
And that's one thing that I was, you know, going to jump in and say back to the original question, just how we're feeling. I was, you know, grateful and honored to kind of get a taste of what it was like to play under that staff. And, you know, everybody's like, oh, they came out of nowhere, you know, they're doing so great. But for me, it's so fascinating because when I was there, I, I had that little kind of taste of what it would be like. And I knew the staff had so much potential and I knew the guys had so much potential and to kind of watch it grow and blossom to what it is now for me is something incredible, you know, seeing now, I think this is the last class that I actually played with, you know, those, those freshmen when I was a senior are now finally becoming seniors themselves. And, you know, for, for me to see them grow and develop under that staff, I, I knew the potential was there. So for me, it was, it's kind of, the our opportunity to be in the playoffs and everything is kind of validation for me. And I think the one thing that I remember telling my parents after attention training in our, you know, first two weeks, it was miserable and nobody really liked it. But I think I told my parents, I said, you know what? I am only unhappy, sad about one thing is that I couldn't have this staff my full five years here. And I, it's just great to see it. Zach, you were still on campus, but you weren't on that first team. Were you were you laughing at them when they had to get up at five in the morning and go to attention training? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, but it was <laughs> like uh Garrett said, I, I played with a lot of those guys. Um, a couple of those guys that are still on the team now. Um, for me, it's just I mean, it's really exciting. I mean, like somebody opened up earlier talking about how it was like a brotherhood. I mean, even now it's it's like watching my little brothers do something that I always wanted to do, you know what I mean? Um, and it's it's very exciting for me. It's also very exciting to see, um, like we talked, you talked about the academics, seeing uh, Mr. Lucky there, Miss Carey still there, and they're all pushing these guys as much as they pushed us. And then to see if fruition for them, I know they have to be feeling tremendous. Um, also with the training staff, I mean, a lot of the training staff was there when I was there. Um, to see them actually because um, they had to deal with what we had to deal with uh, my four years there. So uh, to see them actually doing great things, man, it's, it's great. I know they feel wonderful. I feel wonderful for them. Um, but, yeah, like I, like Gary said, I mean, it's just, it's very exciting. It's, it's, it's extremely exciting. Ben, I want to get to you real quick. You transfer you're – tra you're in the process of transferring from Wake Forest – uh, Brian Kelly is new at Cincinnati. You're an Ohio kid. What was it that got you to Cincinnati? What was it that that made you think and believe that this was the spot for you? Well, I had I uh, had broke my arm and dislocated my throwing shoulder, and um, I uh, through my dad's connections, being a high school coach, I was going to Minnesota, and uh, that's kind of where I was headed. And then uh, Glenn Mason got fired that year. So I didn't know where I was going to go. And then I was up in Pittsburgh with one of my friends, kind of looking at the campus and so forth. And actually, I called out to an NAIA school in Missouri and was like, you know, if I, I just go have fun, play. My sister goes to school here and just kind of write out my last year of college football. And then uh, Tim Hinton, coach or Tom DeTemple's favorite coach, he, uh, <laughs> he, coached, he coached high school pretty close to where I'm from in Ohio and uh, reached out to my dad and said, hey, you know, Coach Kelly's the new coach here. He's going to keep me on staff. Um, we'd like to have Ben here. And so Coach Kelly called me when I was in Pittsburgh at the mall and said, hey, we, we'd like for you to come to Cincinnati. And at that point, I'm like, you know, NAIA school or Cincinnati. And the only thing that flashed through my mind was, you know, watching the, the fans rush the field against Rutgers. I was like, hey, something, something's going on there. 
and I'd like to be a part of it. So I just told him on the phone right there I was coming and then uh, ended up at Cincinnati. And I, th I think what people are alluding to is, you know, Cincinnati kind of been knocking on the door for a while. When I got there, um, you know, I remember talking to Mike Daniels on the field at a spring practice. And he said, I was like, man, this place, this place probably gets pretty loud during the games. And he said, he put his hand on my shoulder. He said, Mark, ain't nobody coming to Cincinnati games. I was like, what do you mean? I was like, you're the Bengals are here. You know, if, if you, if we win, people will come. He's like, no, they're not going to come. He said, they even feel like the first 20 rows with these advertisements. And uh, I just, I chose not to believe that we started winning, got, we were six and oh, um, and uh, we were playing Louisville that that I uh, forget what night it was, but the stadium was packed. There's people sitting in trees trying to watch the game and uh, kind of the atmosphere changed. And then they go to the uh, Orange Bowl, Sugar Bowl, and then Coach Kelly leaves. And then it's like, what's going to happen next? And I think in Ohio, you know, everyone's Ohio State fans. And so I think people wanted to be full on Cincinnati fans. You still have those loyal fans, but the people kind of split between the two. And now you've seen like it's kind of established and that's testament to guys like Fabini and grooms and everyone's came in the, came in the past, but now it's kind of an established and okay, Hey, we can fully be Cincinnati fans and be confident that when we play Notre Dame, we're going to beat them. When we play Georgia, we're going to beat them. Uh, whereas in the past, it was just kind of knock on the door and that coach was going somewhere else where I think a lot of people are more solidified and with the growth so fast, you see the letterman's club and um, kind of trying to catch up to the speed of everything else. Cause when I was there, you know, I didn't coach Kelly was more business. We didn't, you know, didn't talk to the former players as much as I'm sure they do now. But um, I think, you know, just through Facebook and emails, I always get the Letterman emails and so forth. And it's just fun to read them. And, and I think there's more of a, a continuity that's uh, that's growing. And that's testament to Tom and, and Jason and all those guys that are doing that. So I think it's just catching up with how fast the program's grown here in the last few years. Well, I'll tell you this, Ben. Try going to the game in 1995. See how many fans were there. That. Yeah, yeah. That's what uh, that's what Mike Daniels said. He said we played Penn State here. He said Penn State came to the stadium, and he said yeah. he said nobody was here. I think, was well, I think Terry, when we played Kentucky, came in with Tim Couch, and it was all blue. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah, right. And that's. I mean, I was just watching Notre Dame game on TV and seeing. You know, all the red and black there. And, it was, you know, oh, just, it was a sight for great eyes. Yeah. Man. And then for me, you know, I live in Missouri. So um, I still have the uh, 2000, well, 2008, I came back and kind of helped on staff and I still have all the staff shirts. So I wear those at school all the time. And all the kids in my class, my first couple of years here, like, why are you wearing a Chick fil A shirt? And now they're like, hey, Cincinnati, Cincinnati, you know, and now it's everyone, hey, Cincinnati going to win this week. Who do they got this week? You think they can win it all? Can they beat Georgia? Can they, you know, it's, it's everything's kind of changed out here, even in Missouri, and especially with them going to Big 12, you know, people are starting to ask questions. And and uh, I just think, you know, it's everything's headed in the right direction. And, and uh, I think the Letterman's Club's doing a good job of, of catching up to it and getting people involved. So what was it? what was it like for you guys being a part of maybe the biggest social media movement that this school has ever seen as Travis Kelsey changes his profile picture. And all of a sudden it was just a, it wasn't a wave. It was a tsunami of everyone changing their pictures and just kind of taking over social media with the CPAW. I'll go first. Cause I, I wanted to change my picture to a lot of different pictures, but my wife said, if I changed the picture for me and her in our wedding day, that I was in trouble. So <laughs> I was not allowed. I was like, that was like the worst time. Cause I'm like, Hey, everyone's Cincinnati, you know, all this stuff's going on. I was like, look, everyone's doing it. And she's like, she's like, if you change our picture, she goes, you're in trouble. So I, I was not able to do that, but I, I like seeing everybody else's picture. That's outstanding. Well said. <laughs> No, I thought it was awesome. I changed my picture. I put two of my buddies up there, uh, Joel Dolinsky and Pierre, Pierre Brilliant, 
we, we were big offensive linemen back in the day, and I put that picture up there, and it was amazing all the comments I got. It was, it was really awesome. And to see everybody else's. Yeah, I think for me, you know, I'm not a huge social media guy. You won't see me on Instagram or Twitter or anything's a whole lot. And the way I found out was I had four or five buddies that were texting me. They're like, hey, you're going to put up a picture? What picture are you going to like choose? Things like this. And I was like, what's going on? And then it wasn't until I got on Twitter and started scrolling, seeing everybody. And it was just an, an overwhelming feeling. And when I changed my picture and, you know, I'm looking at all these former Bearcats and you just see Bearcat Nation, you know, coming out and supporting and liking all these photos and everything. I, it was just such a special moment for me to kind of see, you know, how far we've come. I think the only the only problem with the social media movement with changing the pictures is some of the older guys, they didn't have cameras back then. So, <laughs> it was, Terry, it was tough finding was a couple pictures of us. Dude, listen, I'm – so I, I am a um, I'm an IT guy by trade. So I save everything. I have seven hard drives ready to go at any given time. But it took me about three and a half hours to find one freaking picture um, from my UC days because we didn't have folks on the sidelines like they have now. They have eight cameramen over here and six cameramen over here and a videographer. They got it all going on now. So um, I, I I think Terry, I had to take a picture of a picture to put it on there. <laughs> yeah, I bet going through some of the newspaper clippings is uh, a little harder. <laughs> my, my favorite. One yeah, was, I thought uh, I thought that movement was awesome. Uh, seeing all the guys change their profiles. I mean, you know, I'm on Twitter and, and Facebook and all that, but no one really cares what I have to say, so I don't post much. But as soon as I saw that happening, I was like, I got to jump in on this and embrace what's going on and and support it and. I don't know, you know, even seeing uh, some of the stuff that has just been trending through this entire season, like that pump it up song. I mean, just they started that. And now, like every team's doing it because they're seeing how we're how we're acting in the stadium. And it's cool just to see everything that's taken off this year. So you just got to ride it and enjoy it. It's amazing. I think the craziest part about I think the craziest part about that was just that it was organic and like nobody really planned it. And it just happened completely naturally just following Travis Kelsey. So it was as an outsider, just watching it happen. It was just completely fantastic to take in. I know there was a huge buildup. Bobby, you finished last season like they did. You go undefeated in the regular season. You win the conference championship. You lose a heartbreaker uh, in the Peach Bowl. But the buildup was immense coming into the season. But I don't think it was really until, and, and Ben mentioned the Notre Dame game, I don't think it was really until the clock hit zero against Notre Dame where the fan base looked at each other and all went, oh, man, like, We're here. This, might, this might be real. What was that feeling through the former players, not only, obviously, seeing that sea of red in, in Notre Dame Stadium, but that realization of this is within their reach, like, is it still unlikely? Yeah, because of the way the system is set up. But these guys are going to give themselves a chance to make history. Well, I think without um, a doubt, going, going to that Notre Dame game, uh, to seeing all the red and, you know, up big at, you know, up big at half and, God, you know, you thinking in the second half, what can we do to maybe give the game away or how can Notre Dame come back? But it was unbelievable to, to walk out of that stadium at the end of the game and hear all the UC fans with the UC chant, and it was, it was like, wow, we're 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 close. I mean, like you said, 
the system's not set up for it, but in the end, it, it worked for us. Anybody else with just the feeling of what it was like seeing that team go to Notre Dame and win? Uh, I know for me, uh, so my dad's a huge Notre Dame fan. Um, he's always been. I don't know why, but um, it was it was amazing for me because I didn't I didn't actually get the chance to go to the game, so I was watching it. But I was watching it actually on campus, and to see how many people were on campus actually watching and partying for that game, like literally locked in for all four quarters, it was amazing. And then to see, like they all they kept panning in on the red that was up in the uh, South Bend. It was so it was it was great to see for me i was excited i mean wish i could have been in that atmosphere because it was something that i haven't seen i mean we had that blackout against Miami here at nippert but to see all that red at notre dame was just phenomenal i think probably the last time the fan base traveled that well to just an away game was probably pit right That one's got to be number one. I mean, I wasn't able to make it either, but seeing the they would cut back from commercials and the stadium was echoing with "Let's go Bearcats." I mean, it just gave you chills. It was like, I mean, we are we are controlling this game right now. If we can close this out, this is a huge college football statement. And like Garrett was talking about earlier, you know, building that foundation. It's like we finally like broke through. We proved that we can play with the big boys, and they took care of business the rest of the season. So. You know, undefeated season, that game, you know, was awesome earlier in the season. But as it went on, it just it, it, looking back and how well they played, it was like, man, if if we can really get in the playoff, we can make some noise. Well, I think Tom makes a good point, too, is, you know, you win that game and you think, is there going to be a letdown after that? And there wasn't. And the guys came ready to play and coaching staff had them ready to play and knew that, you know, they're, you know, playing, you know, go to play wherever Tulane or wherever it may be, there could be a letdown, but, but the coaches had them ready to play and knew that there was a lot on the line every week. We were getting everybody's best shot. I think, I'm I, interested. Think, I think for me it was, uh, you know, you go back to the Ohio state when Ohio state came down to Cincinnati and uh, Gino almost uh, to beat, knocked him off down there in Cincinnati. That was a, uh, that was a game where, you know, if Cincinnati won, it was going to be an upset and, and showing that they could play with those guys. But for me, when they went to Notre Dame, you know, just it wasn't it wasn't going to be an upset if Cincinnati won. Like in the back of my head, it was like, hey, they, sh they should win. They can win and they should win. And, you know, they, they did. Um, so they were favorites. Yeah. You look at yeah. the, the, the high profile games just, you know, in the early 2000s when Ohio State came down and that game, you know, Cincinnati, no one would have thought they would have had a chance and they should have won. But this one, you know, another high-profile game, and they're, they're supposed to win. And that's just kind of where the programs went. And it's, you know, like we said earlier, just built upon guys that are in this conversation and other guys that came in the past that have built it up to this point. Yeah, I think for me it was just kind of like a get-over-the-hump game. You know, all these guys in here are talking about, you know, all these close games, these high-profile games that we've almost won and that, you know, even I've been a part of in my time. And I was holding my breath the entire game, especially towards the end when they started scoring again. They started coming back. I'm like, we just need to push over this hump. And for me, you know, it was huge sigh of relief to, like everybody said, when those when that clock hit zero and we came out victors, it was an incredible moment for me. And I knew from that point that, you know, we'd, 
we'd, we'd gotten over the curse, as one would say. And, you know, we'd pushed over that hump thanks to, you know, all these guys here and everybody that came before and helped build it to what it's become. Yes, but I, I really think that Georgia game did it all. I think the confidence that they built from that game is, sure. is tremendous. Um, I got I got a chance to meet some of the guys. I walked in the locker room homecoming. The confidence them guys got is unreal. You know what I mean? And as a team, Coach Fickle, they, they follow behind their head coach. And I and I got an opportunity to talk to him. He's so positive. He's so wanting to, you know, I mean, be, you know, I mean, he, he he's not pushy. He wants you to be a part of that. And, and that's what's important. That's how we, we get where we at today, just because of that guy, the confidence he, he puts in them players. I, I think you, that's a big point. Like that is a man that is comfortable in his own skin, right? Yes. Like that's a guy that ex, like it, that exudes through the rest of the team. How important yeah. is that to have from a coach? And Ben, you know, Brian Kelly's, the most confident man in the country. He, he he walked out in Louisiana like he had lived there for 14 years a couple weeks ago. <laughs> uh, have, have you guys have you guys seen that video of him going around with that recruit? Oh yeah, oh yeah. He he's he's from the south now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what they always said. He could sell sand to a beach, which I mean, he, he was a business guy um, and kind of got it going. I wish he would have stayed, obviously, but I mean, things are things are doing well now without him. So. Well, that, that's the, the serendipitous part about all this, right, is the biggest win in program history comes against Brian Kelly and Notre Dame, and, and that's the win that propels Cincinnati into the college football playoff one spot ahead of Notre Dame, and Brian Kelly ends up at LSU. Like, just the, the circle of life of this whole story this year has been incredible. Yeah, I, I, don't, know what the, I don't know what the coaching staffs were like before Coach Kelly, but – I know when we were there, I mean, he had me believing, and I think everyone else, that, you know, we could compete for a national championship. And if you remember 2007, there was, you know, Ohio State lost to Illinois, West Virginia lost to somebody. All the top teams kept – the number one team kept losing, and so we still had chances in there. And he kept giving us different pathways of how we're going to get to the to the national championship game. And, and I think just talking about it and starting to think about playing a national championship, and I think he – I don't know if he was the first one who got the ball rolling, but at least – in my head, it was like, hey, we can, you know, we can we beat Rutgers when they were ranked really high. South Florida was high that year. UConn, West Virginia, we competed with. So I think he just started making guys believe in that. And then when he left, you know, they, uh, they kind of carried it on and it is where it is. Great, great, great point, Ben, um, putting out the other wins that we did have. But where do y'all think the Wisconsin win come in, come in? I mean, that's a huge one, but unfortunately that season didn't, Stack yeah, up, but, that, you know. Yeah, that but, season but, didn't stack up, but you know, what I mean, it. it but was, that was a that like that probably kept Wisconsin from winning the national championship. Yeah, and we could have stopped Ohio State, the game yep. that he's talking about, from winning the national championship that year. But but Ben, you mentioned former coaches at Cincinnati. I'm curious, yeah. how many future NFL head coaches did Jason Terry and Ladarius play for at Cincinnati? Because there was the Harbaugh. Yeah. And Tomlin and Ryan and like you guys, there were some oh, some big names that came through back then. Oh, yeah. You you took that right. That's what I was coming on to say about the coaching carousel that we have. <laughs> like it's some big names. Do you you got like Jimbo Fisher with our offensive? Yeah, Jimbo Fisher. Nick right. Saban was almost the head coach at Cincinnati. Wow. Did not know that. Wow. 
Oh yeah, we, I, I had some. I had a chance to play with some great offensive line coaches when I was there. I think we. I had four and five years where all of them went on to coach in the NFL and coach a long time. And one of them is still there, Coach Crook. He was a GA when I was there. Yep. And he's back coaching the offensive line right now. One of my favorite humans on the planet, Ron Crook. Oh, oh he's awesome. <laughs> he, he had a pic. What, his his Facebook profile picture, I think, at one point was him with Snoop Dogg. <laughs> hey, Tara, did Could you, you imagine that, that um, interaction, Ron Crook and Snoop? <laughs> Tara, did you put up that uh, one about Rob? Uh, what was Coach Sean's name? Uh, the four, when he was trying to tell us what the four six was, the four the four six defense. Coach did you Ryan? put that up? Oh, Coach, yeah. Coach oh, yeah, yeah. Didn't he coach at UC? Yeah, yeah he Rob coach. and Rex. Yeah, yes. he was the um, coach. Ryan Rex Ryan was the yeah. uh, defense coordinator. Uh, and Don Martindale was there with yep. Coach Ryan. Yep. Wink. Yep. That's so I mean, Ur Urban Urban Meyer grinded out four years there too. When, <clears throat> when, you look at, when you look at everything in the box, I mean, or I'll say, take when you take it outside of the box, and you look at the not just the talent that Cincinnati has been able to procure over the last 20 to 30 years. You look at the coaches um, and during Fabini and I's years, uh, and he's an offense. So, and I, I don't know Fabini, um, you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe, I know for a fact on defense, my five years at UC, we had five different defenses. All five yeah. years, there was a, there was a new defensive coordinator every single year. And well, I think that goes, I think that goes back to Terry. I think back then UC was kind of considered a stepping stone for some of these coaches, mm -hmm. which, which I get. I mean, everybody's entitled to make a living, but I think now Coach Fickle's proved that you can stay and win and you know, be successful at it and enjoy it and and build something. Yep, and that was that was where I was going to. And when you when you when you look at the whole picture and you see guys like Zach Edwards, when you see guys like Darius Van, when you see the Ben Marks, man. I'm, and and uh, you you see the Temples and the Campbells and you see all of these guys that are a part of of what we're witnessing today. Like you can't help but uh, when you look at a score when you look at the scoreboard or when you look at ESPN College Game Day when they're at Cincinnati and you look at all these things that happen, man. You can't help but you know uh, feel be filled with a sense of pride and. And I know for me, Washington, I know we're going back. I'm going backwards a little bit. But that Notre Dame game, let me tell you, um, I ruined the sofa because I was jumping up and down. Springs were popping out. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm quite sure there's like half a chicken still in one of the, in, inside one of the cushions. Because let me tell you, it was it, it was a celebration around here. And to Fabini's point, we were we play games where we weren't sure. You know, the off so the coordinator is going to figure out some sort of way for us to let this one slip away. But now they, to 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 Ladarius's point, now that there's 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 coaches in in place that you know what you can make this happen, you can get this done. We're going to make it happen, and I just love the attitude of what these guys have on the field. It's amazing. Kind of piggybacking off of that, Terry, uh, was there a moment for any of you guys this year as you're watching and you're like, damn. I, I helped get this program to this point. All of it. I mean, every single week, because every single week it's, um, I, I honestly believe that they can win the entire thing. I don't care what any, and I work with someone who every single morning on my desk is roll tied and every single morning slap it off my desk because 
I don't care what anyone says. I honestly and truly believe that the, what they have built, they can compete and beat anybody in the country. I don't care who it is. And to to know that you had, you know, even though it was almost 30 years ago, you had a a, a piece of that. Man, I'm as you can see, I'm Cincinnati now. I spent over $5,000 on everything that you can possibly imagine with the university of Cincinnati logo on it. Why? Because this is my university. Those are my guys, man. And I'm just, yeah, it, it, it has been an amazing journey of this, the last two years, I'll say. And it's a proud it's, moment now. It's a or, very, very proud moment to be a UC Bearcat. And well, I, without I, a doubt, I think speaking from Terry too, I think, you know, we were just a small part of it 30 years ago. And I think that all of you guys that are on this podcast, you know, I, I've, every time I get a chance or I've had a chance or I've been in a hotel playing in the NFL, put UC on, I, I put it on and would watch you guys. And it inspired me to – I was prideful in the locker room where, you know, guys went to Michigan or Ohio State or wherever they may win. And I was hoping we'd win so I could talk crap on somebody, you know. But uh, without a doubt, I think that all of us, speaking to a lot of the guys that I played with, feel that, you know, we're a small part of it. And – God, it's gone so far since we've been there, and we just appreciate everything the young, the, you, your generation has done to right. to make us prideful. And my kids wear UC stuff. I have a son that's a freshman in Indiana. It was nothing better than us going to the game, and I made him wear a Cincinnati shirt, and we kicked the crap out of Indiana. So it, it was quite awesome. And I told him, you know, hey, you know who butters your bread, so you're gonna wear your Cincinnati shirt this, to the game. <laughs> I think the uh, special thing for me is, you know, a lot of these upperclassmen offensive linemen I worked with and a lot of the, uh, like, upperclassmen D linemen I worked against. And to see them develop and surpass even the knowledge that I passed down to them and, and see them grow and become big names and doing huge things for themselves is super fulfilling for me. And, and super – it just makes me feel great that to watch these guys develop and achieve their dreams because I know they worked so hard when I was there, when I was a senior, and they were, you know – freshman on the scout team trying to beat up on the older guys, you know, things like that. It's just great for me to see them come, you know, make their own path and become the men that they are. Um, Garrett, I got a question for, me, for you real quick. No, go ahead. Go ahead. You got it. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'll get to it in a minute. We got all kinds of time. <laughs> um, I think for me, I like <clears> – <throat> Jason said, uh, "Yeah, we played a small part in it because I don't, I honestly don't like to take credit for what these guys have, um, what they, what they put out there. Honestly, I mean, they, they hard work, um, the dedication they've done. I mean, that's, I can't put my name on that. Um, one thing that I am um, proud about is like some of these guys that are there and or the recent graduates, even as last year, um, some of the DBs would tell me when they came in on uh, visits." Oh, I want to come to Cincinnati because I love watching how you play safety, how you play DB. Um, like even Javon Hicks, like he was one of the guys. I mean, he's a local guy just like me with the Coleraine um, from Middletown. Um, him saying that you stay home and you play safety, you came out here and did your thing, I want to do the same thing. So, I mean, I, that makes me happy. Um, it, uh, it, it, it really is exciting to see. And honestly, I mean, it's a feel-good thing to have somebody tell you that and to see the position they're in now. I mean, that's that's great for me. But like, like I said, I, we played a small part, in my opinion. Yes, we laid the foundation even long before us laid the foundation of UC football. But these guys have literally put their own stamp on this, in my opinion. You know what I mean? that 
the, their hard work and their dedication for the past, uh, what, four years. I mean, that first year was kind of tough for them, but, I mean, you see the hard work they've done. I mean, Garrett can attest to that. Um, so, I mean, yeah, we played a part, but I think it was a small part. I think one Garrett, thing we all have in common is that we're all kind of underdogs, you know. All the Cincinnati players that came before are pretty much under-recruited or overlooked. So everyone came coming in, had a chip on their shoulder, had to work a little harder. And that's like the, the foundation of our program. So seeing that all just kind of continue up and everybody now, obviously, they're getting, you know, really good talent and, and great recruits. And you want to see that. But I think the, the established or the foundation of all of us before is just that we were the underdog mentality. And I think that's part of their, you know, their mindset this year. We got nothing to lose. We're supposed to lose the Bama. We're not supposed to be here. We're not good enough. It's a fluke year. You just hear it all the time. Everybody tells you, you know, Terry's getting stuff with Bama stuff at work and, you know, people are messing around, but they probably feel that we're just disrespected. And, you know, that's, uh, you know, this team now is like changing that for all of the former players. And we can walk around and feel good about wearing the Seapaw because they're, they're putting it on on the field right now, and no one can say anything. Well, even Ben. But, Tom, why can't we be the 2015 Golden State Warriors? There's nothing stopping us. Fickle exactly. stays, and he can build a, a monster here. We're going into the Big 12. Keep this train rolling. It doesn't matter what happens in the playoffs. We've already broke through. We know what we've got going on here. I mean, Fickle, as long as he can stay, I don't really see – you know, I was a little nervous when Notre Dame was open up, but couldn't be happier for Freeman to get that opportunity. And, uh, you know, now we got our head down and we're focused on these next couple of weeks. And, I mean, look out. We're focused. We're locked in. And uh, I'm so excited. Can't wait. I just I just don't think it's, you know, I mean, what, what the outsiders say. I think that team is confident. Mm-hmm. They're going to go out there and play their they butts off. And I think it's going to be a good game. Do we come out on top? We will see, but I don't think it's just they're going to come and just walk all over us. I think it's going to be a great game. and That's just my opinion, but I think it's going to be a great game. I've heard a lot of people talk this week, the past couple of weeks, about when this started, how this started. I, I, and I think the consensus is it started in a game you played in, Garrett, and I'm sure a game that all you guys had a, a visceral reaction to to go into the Rose Bowl, coming off a four and eight season where they probably should have been, you guys should have been one in 11 <laughs> in 2017. Like you escaped, narrow escapes to avoid a, dis- a complete disaster of a season. Nobody knew what to expect going into 2018. I-, I think the general consensus that year, if we were all remember correctly, was can Fickle get them to six and six and a bowl game? Can, can we just get back to, to a bowl game and that'll be a successful season? You guys go to the Rose Bowl. You beat UCLA. Desmond Ritter becomes the beginning of Desmond Ritter. Mike Warren becomes a star. Take me through going into that game, how the mentality of this program flipped potentially on that one night in Southern California. For me personally, I remember it being one of the best games of my career. I played like an absolute man on fire, and it's because of the man leading the ship. I mean, Fickle put that fire and drive and desire in me, and it's the same drive and fire that I knew the rest of my team had because I could see the way that they were playing. 
I could see that the way that we were handling our business, that things were, they were going exactly as, as he described. And they, you know, to see us go out there and take chances, take risks, you know, there's a lot of fourth down calls where we're running off a field goal, they get a penalty, we sprint right back on to win, you know, having a guy that you want to play for and a guy that you have such confidence and such heart for and desire to, to be successful together, you know, it, build something contagious and it's something that I see to this day you know all these guys doing out there they are playing and they're putting their bodies on the line they are putting every you know drop of what they have into him because they know that he's going to do the same for them and reciprocate it did you see this from Dez I'm sorry Garrett did you see this from Dez like you're the guy snapping him the ball did did you see this from him oh yeah I you know I think for him Going into the game, or I think the game plan was for him and Hayden to kind of switch around Split, a little bit. To yeah. See, yeah, exactly. To see, kind of go back and forth uh, to see who would pretty much start that season. And to see Desmond go out there in his first career start and go from deer and headlights to, you know, the leader that he's become. They're obviously the first stages. You know, we had a few things we had to get over in with experience or, you know, with time comes experience. But it was the beginnings of everything. I could see the stars and the, and the fire igniting and everybody starting to kind of get the gears going. And I think one of the main things that produces success, which we haven't had with like the coaching carousel, is a pattern and a routine and, and a structure. And I think that we've built that with, you know, Fickle wanting to stay here, with the training staff downstairs, with Brady Collins, you know, and Zach was talking about like Carrie still up in academics. You know, there's such a strong foundation that they've built around these guys that I think they can keep reproducing the same results. And it's because of that structure that they built when he got here. As a former quarterback, what do you see when you watch Des, Ben? Um, I think the greatest thing for me is that he wears number nine. So when my daughters see the Cincinnati Bearcat jersey number nine for sale, I'm like, hey, that that's my jersey. <laughs> they, they uh they still don't understand like uh we were watching i don't know game day did a special um when i was at cincinnati with coach kelly and and i was in it and so i found it the other night looking for a dvd which i don't know who still watches dvds anymore but um i popped it in my old ps2 and we watched it and uh they were like that was you played in like these games i was like yeah we you know i used to play in those games but I just um, just his his game management and his professionalism, um, you know, being a father and, and seeing how he is managing his, his time with being a college athlete, knowing all the time that goes behind that. And then also uh, being a parent at the same time. I mean, that's that's not an easy task. And then balancing school as well. So um, he's doing a lot um, and uh, been successful at it. And it's just uh, I think he serves as, a, as an inspiration for a lot of people. Um, I think he's kind of one of the unsung heroes. We talk about him a lot because he's from Cincinnati, but I think on a national stage, he deserves a lot more credit and recognition than I think what he's getting with all he's balancing and, and how how much success he's had on and off the field. Top five winningest quarterback in the history of college football. Also, also tell you, he didn't have Coach Kelly in his ear either, and Tom can attest to that. That you know, if he would have came in as eighteen year old with Coach Kelly, um, mother effing him and. And uh, saying some of the things, that, you know, when I when I got there, I was 20, 21, 22 years old. So I could take the coaching points. But when my little brother was coming to high school, he was down to uh, Michigan, Notre Dame and Missouri. And I was like, you'll love playing for Coach Kelly. But I knew that 
if Coach Kelly, because my dad doesn't coach that way. So if Coach Kelly would have gotten his face, you know, a lot of people would shut down and he kind of wants to see how you respond. But uh, um, I don't know what his quarterback coach was like. And I know Tom really liked Coach Forrest at Cincinnati, but Coach Kelly was the Coach Kelly was the quarterback coach, and he said a lot of things that you know makes me think. Uh, you know, I would never get away with saying those things to a high school kid, but um, he's just—he's just—I mean, he's done a lot on and off the field, and I think he deserves a lot more appreciation from outside the Cincinnati and outside the American Athletic Conference than what he's getting. I think he's one of the best, if not the best, player to ever play at UC. I mean, I'm going to say it. He's never lost a game at Nippert. I mean, the dude is – you can say what you want to say if he's going to – how he's going to do in the NFL and whatnot, but the dude wins. And he he's handled everything the best way you can. He's a great ambassador for our school. You know, like Ben said, he's a, he's a father. He's, he's handling everything, all the adversity. And, you know, it's so easy to slip up in a, you know, a college football season. And, yeah, we had a couple rough games, but they weathered the storm and – and he, he had the troops going. I mean, it's awesome to see the success he's having and um, been, a, been a big fan. Obviously, just seeing him grow each year, too. There's been uh, a, a level of improvement every single year. So it's been been fun to watch Des for sure. Well, I think, I think too, the things that we didn't have to battle when we were in college with social media. I know there's a lot of things that um, could have been captured on film. You know, I saw Tom doing that. You probably, couldn't, you probably couldn't. You couldn't get away with that stuff today. And these guys, these guys, not only does but everyone else, you know, handling the social media and the pressures of that, and the comments and all that stuff going on, and they're still overcoming that and still being successful, uh, speaks a lot to their character and who they are as a person, not just as a player. I think we need a Tom DeTemple Ben Mock podcast. No, you need you need a you need a Tom DeTemple impersonation podcast. If you want to see Coach Kelly, he's right there. He's got, he's got every coach that's ever coached for UC. I'm sure it's down to a science, but um, he used to get in front of the team at uh, at events and so forth and impersonate Coach Kelly. And I think one time he did Coach Kelly or somebody and was a little scared. Or I think it was uh, Coach Elston. Maybe he was worried how he would respond to that, but he always did a really good job. And um, he had all the, all the Cincinnati staff and then all the family guy characters down to a T. I still, I still tell my wife about those. Tom, do you have a Brian Kelly, uh, Louisiana impersonation <laughs> i don't know i don't know where that where that came from but My you know at, at, at the end of the day you know bk is gonna be bk okay oh. it, you know he he loves himself uh he was awesome to play for you know we love playing for bk but you know it, it's just i was i'm like is bk gonna strike again and leave notre dame and they're gonna get our coach so i was like come on i mean i, I don't wish any ill will on bk but uh, yeah, I mean, ben, Ben's not lying. I used to keep the team pretty loose with uh, cracking jokes and impersonating coaches, and that was kind of part of my role on the team, uh, making sure we all had fun. You mentioned Desmond Ritter is potentially the greatest player in, in program history. Might I counter with Ahmad Sauce Gardner, who I want from a player's perspective – when you guys have you ever seen anything like what has happened this year on the boundary, where teams just got to he was able to to blitz multiple times late in the season because they stopped looking at him. The number one receiver was out. It was not an option. The quarterback didn't look his way. Like I, I want a former player perspective on. Just your pro- your thought process watching what Sauce was able to do this year 
which to me, it, I don't like what, I don't know that we've seen that. You don't see that in the NFL, much less, you know, a guy in college. Um, For me as a DB, I like to applaud that coaching staff for finding ways to get him involved because uh, I know the DB, you can shut down on the field, it gets boring. Games get boring. Um, so to see them send them on blitzes, uh, that, that's just amazing. And just to be able to command, um, especially being an underdog, I mean, some would say he came out of nowhere uh, with those pick sixes earlier this year. I mean, but, I mean, he's always had that talent, that's clear. So in order for him to be able to just really shut down one side of the field every single game is just that's that that's just a blessing as a DB. I mean, because that's hard to do with it, so many rules in uh, football. That's just especially when it's catered to the offense. That's just that's really that's impressive. I, I think um, when when you when you look at what he has been able to do, he's only a junior. Right, what he has been able to do, and you have to look at some of the some of the some of the great secondary players that the University of Cincinnati has produced. So you have your Sam Garns, who played seven or eight years with the New York Giants. You have Chris Hewitt, who uh, played with the Saints and is still coaching with the Baltimore Ravens. You have Artro Hawkins, who um, played in the he played, I guess, with the uh, uh, the Patriots and he, Bengals. he played with the Bengals for a little while. You, Take Zach Edwards. You know, there's there's so many great players. Uh, Jermaine Trent, um, Jocelyn Borgella, um, Latisse Kinsler, like all these guys. Mike Davis, who was drafted by the Houston Oilers at that time. Um, when you look at what those guys were able to do compared to what this young man has done, I, I play with some of the guys that I mentioned, and I'm not sliding them one bit. But this dude is legit the real deal. If you can lock down one side of the field against an SMU, against a Houston, against a Notre Dame, I mean, are you kidding me? And has not a lot of touchdown pass in his entire career. I'm done because that's just insane. I don't want I don't talk about it anymore. Like that dude is legit real deal. It I, think, I think are it's you tough. I think it's tough because you got you get into a little bit of coaching philosophies because not to take any anything away from from Sauce, but you look at you know Mike Mickens, D'Angelo Smith, and Haruki Nakamura, who I played with. Those are three really good defensive backs. We played a lot of zone coverage, so they weren't shutting somebody down, but they they played their role. And it'd be interesting to see you know them in this style of defense or with this coaching philosophy. So I think coach, coaching philosophy has a lot to do with it, but um, not to take anything away from this kid, but I just think about those three guys and throwing against them in practice every day and, and uh, how much better they made me and how much I learned from them um, on the field and then off the field as well. But those are three pretty, pretty good players. And um, they didn't get the notoriety that, you know, sauce is getting because it's just a different defense philosophy, but I think they could have done a lot. This was a first team, all second team, all American. Mickens got, yeah. Mickens got a lot of love and he was, he yeah. was outstanding. I'm curious, Ladarius. Could you put it? Could you put a touchdown on Sauce? Not now, but but back then. <laughs> you asking me that? Yeah, you're the wide receiver in the room. One, one thing about me, I, I was a physical receiver. Uh, you you're not coming up and pressing me. Not when I not not my junior year. Not maybe my freshman year because they <laughs> exposed me my freshman year. I remember playing against UB, uh, UAB. They pushed us five yards behind our line of scrimmage. 
Like they they exposed because I was coming out. I was a quarterback coming out of um, college. Um, I was supposed to be a DB, uh, but you know, I had a lot of issues that I lost a lot of scholarships. I actually committed to UM. I, I, I actually committed to the University of Miami, uh, but I lost my scholarships. Got in trouble, but I came there and they put me at receiver because Jimbo Fisher wanted me at, uh, at receiver, and and that's how I became a receiver. You, but, you get you give me Marcus Barnett in two thousand seven. I'll throw a touchdown on him. I'll throw a touchdown. Cool. You, 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 give me Gino. Give me Gino. I'm going to score on anybody. Oh yeah. You know, <laughs> hey, hey. Do y'all know what they played against me? That Ohio State game that you're talking about. They played a cover two man on me. They said lock Van. This was the game plan. Stop Van win game. And I still had about 100 yards on them that game when Mike Doss got on top of me and they had a zone coverage over the top. So you put one on sauce? Yes, of course. Hey, yeah. <laughs> uh, you get, you give me bones. Right you give now. me bones from 2007. I'll throw a touchdown on them. <laughs> yeah, of course. Nobody you and Bones had a special year in 2007. Yeah, he was just fearless. I mean, he was a freshman yeah. at about 140 pounds, but maybe. Um, yeah, maybe. And, uh, he was, he was a pretty incredible player. Uh, Thursday practices were a little weird because, uh, you know, we were shorts and T-shirts, and he wouldn't wear anything under his shorts and hike his shorts up. So that was a little weird. He's a different, <laughs> different, different character, but he was just fearless. He'd just do crazy stuff, and he would uh, go up the ball, go up and get the ball where, whenever he needed to. So I'd, I'd take bones and against anybody. Yeah, I want to give some thumbs up to Gino Gadouli, man. He's on that uh, staff, man. That's that's big ups for uh, Gino Gadouli. Gino was a special player, man. Like a lot of people, if you don't, if you haven't followed or you don't, you got to think about the year that we left, he lost all his receivers. Um, yeah. Like he, his senior, like his, what it was his junior year that he lost. The, like the oldest team in the country. Yeah. Like, like my senior, my senior year, I think it was his sophomore year or junior yeah. year. I think it was so my He sophomore. graduated D'Antonio's first year. So, Which would have been 04. So, 04. Yeah. So my sophomore year. Yeah. Like my uh, my junior year, my senior year was his junior year. He had you lost Johnny O, you lost myself, you lost Ty Keith, you lost the whole receiving court. Um, I can say we did not really do a great job of replenishing Geno receivers. You had some DBs go go play receiver. Uh, Gino, uh, last couple of years, senior year, yeah, yeah, they had DBs move the receiver because they ain't having no receiver. So, you know what what Gino could have been, we'll never know. But he was special. I, I think, like a lot of people don't know, a lot of my catches was makeshift. I had a go, I did a curl, and the ball when I turned around, it was right there. He just knew what I was going to do. That's how that's how we thought outside the box. We ran our own plays. Oh, make no mistake. He still lets Des know every day that Des didn't isn't going to pass him in career passing yards. Like he, <laughs> he he'll point to the wall. Like if they're in Nippert, he'll point to the wall and be like, "I'm up there. You're not up there. <laughs> That's me. It's not you." Okay. He still um, you know, still got the uh, record right for uh, for yards. Yeah. Yes. Des passed him for touchdowns. Passed him for total yards. Uh, when you include rushing, uh, but yeah. but Gino still got the record for. Uh, passing yards, and uh, he went a lot harder in the paint than Dez ever did. Yeah, he got beat up. He, 
Yeah, that line of scrimmage, though. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm talking about his uh, his life outside the the football. Field. Oh, of course, of course. Oh, yeah. You're right about <laughs> that. Des is a nice guy. Gino wasn't yeah. a nice guy back in those no, days. No, not at all. Uh, question from Todd: What were your thoughts when it was officially announced UC was headed to the Big Twelve? Out of uh, out of our what almost decade long march into purgatory. And uh, that there was a light at the end of the tunnel, that this was going to be power five level, BCS level, whatever, football again. Recruiting. That's what my thought was. Recruiting. We can get some of them guys from Ohio. We can get the bigger old linemen and we can get these guys because they know we're going to the power five. You know what I mean? The faster guys. As um, Coach was talking about on the um, in his interview today. You know, what I mean, we need to recruit a little bit faster, a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger. So I think we'll get them things with being in the Big Big Twelve. Um, for me, mine was more about uh, the exposure, and then finally getting that respect to when we go out here and win these games. I mean, think about it, we're. I mean, I know we put up points, but I mean, we're in my opinion a defensive led team. Um, and, yeah. you know, everybody knows in the Big 12, it's not, not too much defense being played. So I think that, that plays in our favor, in my opinion. So, I mean, I was excited to see them go or get the opportunity. Because I think my, I want to say junior year, they had talks about it, uh, re, uh, realigning conferences. I'm pretty sure they brought up the Big 12, and we were excited for that then. So to see them rolling the way that they're rolling now and then to be able to get put in that position, and now they're going to get that exposure, more exposure than what they're getting, now, I mean, because a lot of people say we're only getting it because we had two back-to-back years. That, okay, I don't, I don't believe that. I know a lot of you don't believe that. I mean, we've seen what uh, what UC has done, but now they, it won't be. You won't be able to deny it, in my opinion. Um, yeah, being in to the kind baseball. of piggyback. Yeah, exactly what Zach's saying. I think it allows us to control our own destiny as opposed to waiting and seeing how you know the cards f- fell. Like this year, you know, people had to drop out of the top for us to get in, things of like that nature. I think in this respect, we can, you know, control what we do. And as long as we went out, we're going to have a shot every year as opposed yeah. to you know, waiting what happens. I totally agree. I think it gives us a path to the uh, to the championship. So I think if you look at if Oklahoma State wins against Baylor, what happens then? You know, do, do we get screwed? Probably. Yeah, probably. I mean – well, for me, I live in Missouri, so it's Big 12 country out here. So uh, I'm excited because I'll be able to, to go to a lot more games that are closer by. And uh, I, I think it grows the brand of Cincinnati as well. I mean, you're in the, in the college football playoffs, so that's uh, a lot of notoriety, notoriety right there. But now, you know, your Oklahoma States, Kansas States, Iowa States, all these schools out here are going to have to, you know, understand and respect Cincinnati as well. So I think uh, the number of fans will continue to grow and, um, just growing the brand, you know, every once in a while there's, there's one store out here that for some reason always gets Cincinnati gear. So I always get in there and I got all this uh, Cincinnati stuff from that store, but I think a lot more stores will have it in stock and so forth out this way. So I'm excited. I love yeah, thank you. confusing it for Chick-fil-A. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. None, none of my kids in my class anymore think it's Chick-fil-A. They don't already because of uh, how well they've done the last couple of years, but um you know, kids are always asking, hey, I need a Cincinnati shirt. And I'm like, well, you got to go online because the Rally House and other places don't have it. But I'm sure they'll start carrying it now because everyone loves the Big 12 out here. Yeah, I think it just gives us an opportunity to, you know, obviously the the money is a big 
big thing as well to keep coaches. It's more attractive, um, you know, better opponents. Um, and, you know, it's, it sounds like uh, Texas and Oklahoma will be sticking around for a couple of years. So um, we maybe have the opportunity to see Texas or Oklahoma show up in Nippert. And, um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to seeing the program keep building on what's going on right now. And having that opportunity in the, the Big 12 is going to be huge for us. I will um, add the cherry on top of this entire discussion about the Big 12. Um, everyone hit on exactly what it brings to the university, notoriety, brand recognition, money, recruits, all the above. Um, and uh, Jason, if you remember, we played in what was called the Conference USA. I do, Terry. So I think it's we... still around, but. <laughs> <laughs> when you play in Conference USA, when you go from Conference USA days to Big 12 days. Oh, without a doubt. Hello, bring it. Let's get out. Well, like, that's, that's, that was my immediate, finally, let's go get them. Every last one of them on the schedule, let's take it to them. Let's show them how we play football here in Southern Ohio. Well, yeah, I think it was a long time coming. I think that, you know, that was always hopefully the plan for Cincinnati was trying to get into a conference. But I think – you know, a few years ago, maybe the ACC when they took Louisville maybe over us. But I think, you know, I, I think we've, we've proved it on the field that we belong. And I think after a while with the shakeup, they, they couldn't deny us. They, they had to take us. Yeah, I agree with all that. Any last thoughts on any of this, Garrett? Me? No. I, I mean, I, I'd love, you know, moments like this, getting together, seeing all these guys, being able to have open discussion like this and just – having this opportunity and talking up the Bearcats. It's just, it's exciting for me. I just meant on the big 12. I wasn't trying to like wrap up. I, I just <laughs> oh, been on the big Don't get 12. All sentimental, Garrett. Well, I, I think this was just, you know, being able to control our own destiny. And, and that's yeah. something that Fickle kind of highlighted and, and talked about when we were there. It's just control your own destiny, do what you can do. You know, don't worry about anything else happening outside. And that, that gives us this, this, uh, this jump gives us the opportunity. So kind of along that same line, you got right now, you know, you have Dez, you have Sauce, you have Maje. I, I saw one guy even had an, one NFL draft analyst had Alec Pierce as a first rounder. So you got four guys being mentioned. Current, I mean, I, you could probably throw Kobe in there potentially. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you got all these guys being mentioned as first rounders in the NFL, not just worrying about are we going to have anybody drafted, but you got first rounders playing for Cincinnati Bearcats. Did you ever think that this team was going to, after the time that you put in, get to a point where you're talking not just guys being drafted, because I think right now you have somewhere between eight and ten people who are being mentioned in the draft, which mm -hmm. if you go back to Alabama last year, I think they only had eight or ten total players drafted last year in the NFL. So we're at that height. But did you ever think that you were going to see something like that for Cincinnati? Not this quickly. Not at all. I, uh, I'm so excited for these guys. Like I said, I, I watched a lot of these guys grow up. You know, I know, remember the first days of snapping the ball to Dez, to watching him come on campus, to pass sitting against Maje when he was on scout team, you know, like little things like this. It, it's just incredible for me to, because in my mind, those will always be those guys, because by the time I left, you know, they're always so young and, you know, underdeveloped and everything. And to hear the mention as, as first rounders is is so incredible to me, and it's a testament to, you know, what Fickle's done and and being part of a winning program like that and the kind of 
scouts it can bring and the kind of attention it can bring. Cause you know, I, I played with a lot of guys who had a lot of the similar talent, but just weren't on great team, like, you know, as, as productive teams and, and didn't get that opportunity. So, you know, I think it, it, uh, and then, like I said, I'm not trying to take anything away from, you know, right. those guys and what they're doing, but I think, you know, overall this, this helps everybody and it helps them be better. It helps them to push themselves even harder and to can you continue to strive and, and, you know, it's a great, thing for you know those you know younger guys like the freshmen coming in the the number twos the number threes to see the talent that it takes to get to that first round and and hopefully surpass that you know having a, a milestone a goal that they want to beat and i think that's important I, I think you're right someone to look up to work ethic and all that to see what it takes to actually get there without a doubt um anybody else about any of that I would say uh, everybody going to know what a Bearcat is now. That's right. <laughs> right. You know, you got, what is the Bearcat? Who's the University of Cincinnati? You know how that, that goes. But uh, everybody about to know about the Bearcats now. So that's a good thing. I think from a from a not just a draftable, because I believe uh, my class in 96. Um, so we had, I believe, eight guys get either. get. So we had two get drafted, Robert Tate. Who was a receiver and Sam Garns? He got drafted. Everyone else was a free agent. Darius Felder, myself, um, Rob Robinson, Jermaine Trent, uh, Anthony Ladd, who also another receiver. Um, you know, we had we had we had numbers, but again, we weren't on great teams, so the emphasis wasn't necessarily um, on us. Uh, I, I believe uh, Robert Tate was a, and I don't remember either a fifth or a sixth round pick, as well as Sam was, um, but to hear, you know, five or six guys in the first round, that is – That's impressive. Exactly. That's a true testament to what the coaching staff has done, not just what they've done in developing players, but what they've done to recruit these types of players. So that bodes well into the future, and it speaks volumes of you don't have to go to a SEC school you know, to make it to the NFL. And that's what it says to local guys. You know, you can stay home, play your you-know-what's off, and still, you know, for, be able to fulfill your dream. So it, it's an incredible feat. Well, I agree. You know, Terry, actually my year, we had five guys drafted, believe it or not. That's right. That's right. That so, was a long time ago. but So today was National Signing Day, and – I don't know how much you guys have kept up with the recruiting process, but for those of you who have, is there anybody that you're really excited to see put on that CPAW? Cecil Doggett Jr. <laughs> he, he's a defensive tackle. And I, so I played with his father in the Arena Football League, okay. uh, Cecil Doggett Sr. And his father was an absolute animal um, being an undersized defensive back. So I can only imagine the anger that this dude is going to show up to campus with and fit right into what we do. So I'm, I'm looking forward to him out of everyone else. Anybody else? I, I, one thing I'll say is, you know, I don't, I don't keep up too much with recruits. I don't keep up too much with like freshman. We're going to have to get you guys on bearcatjournal.com. Jeez. <laughs> sign sign us up. Yeah. I, I just, I have a hard time, you know, placing a lot of, you know, interest and faith in, 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 a lot of people have yet to prove a lot. You know, I, I don't know. That might be like the old head in me, you know. Somebody it's, no, it's the walk-on in you. Yeah, exactly. It's the walk-on in me. You know, I 
started my career as a walk-on ended up right you know and it's it's about grinding and these kids haven't really tasted what it means to be a college football player at this level yet and you know as we all know we come in in classes of of 20 25 people and you know i ended up graduating with like seven or eight of those guys you know people fall off and and you know the sad part is a lot of these you know a couple of these guys won't be here by the the end of their career you know hopefully they all are but the sad reality is a lot of them you know are not a lot, but a few of them might not be. And so look, not everybody has 14 years to spend. Yeah, in yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, I think the big thing for me is I, I'll wait till these guys uh, get on the field, show what they have and show the dedication and the, uh, you know, what, what they put into it. Garrett, we, we've got a, a, a freshman or an incoming freshman offensive lineman. He's a wrestler, a high level wrestler. He wants to take on Fick. Oh, I saw I saw the little clip today. That that that's a kid with irrational confidence because Fick would tie him in a pretzel. Who do you say were the two he's got to get through before he gets to him? Nobody, nobody in particular. Just that if you're coming in, you're not you don't get me right away. You got to go through whatever I put in front of you. You know, for 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 the guys that didn't see it. So the the kid's a high level wrestler. He he really he really thinks he can take Fick. Ethan Green. So Ethan Green. I, I asked Fick about it, and Fick's like, if he wins state, if he wins state, then he gets a chance to work his way up to the crown. But if he doesn't win state, he's not on my level, and I'm not talking about it. Man, this kid, this kid's an offensive lineman, right? He's like two, probably upper 200s, right? He's a big guy. Oh, no. He's like 6'7", oh, no. 3'10". Like, he's a huge. Oh, wow. So he's a heavyweight. All he's doing is, like, hip check-in, fucking awesome. I wrestled for many years. It, Fickle's just going to run around him. Good luck to him, though. You know what? Good luck. <laughs> but you have to love that confidence level. Yeah, like heck, it. yeah. I think, I think for recruits, I think all the local guys are who I'm excited about. I don't know what the recruiting process – I don't – no, it was a little bit of a down year in Cincinnati. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that's what those guys that, that stayed and, and are going to play for Cincinnati. But I think uh, I don't know what the recruiting process was like before Coach Kelly. But being in the coaching rooms and, and, and kind of listening to him behind the scenes, he really he wanted a hundred mile radius around Cincinnati. He thought he could win with the guys in that hundred mile radius in Northern Kentucky and Indiana and into Ohio, um, and really want to focus on those guys and then go out and get you know a high profile player and bring them in. But he really changed the recruiting landscape. I think because a lot of people are trying to stay away from downtown because they thought that was kind of a, a black mark on coming to Cincinnati because yeah. people were fearful of it, their families or whatnot. But he kind of opened it up. And, you know, we had to take the highway to get down there. Um, I heard over the Rhine's a little bit different than from when I was there now. But just we, a took little, a, yeah. touch. We, we took the highway to take the recruits down there, and he showed off Fountain Square and then took him ice skating, took him to Buena Braza. They stayed down there at the uh, Westin or whatever that hotel is downtown. But kind of showcased downtown. He got – you know, just showing it, it's a professional sports city. I mean, you got the Bengals, you got the Reds, um, and now you're going to be playing for, uh, you know, in, in a city where you're going to get some notoriety and we're going to win games and, and be competing for national championships. And I don't know what it's like now, but just seeing the local guys and remembering how he really wanted to focus on the guys from Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky, and, and into Indiana. And, and just we could win with those guys. We didn't need to go outside of that radius. Well, you guys would all be irrationally mad if you saw the living quarters for players now. Oh, I heard. Irrationally mad. Zach? Yeah, I'm, I'm upset about that. 
<laughs> Gary, you got a little bit of it, right? I was, I was the last generation of the Schneider days, the actual dorm days. Me, me and Terry Tom lived in Dabney Rossi. Hall. Dabney Hall. Come me and there. Terry lived in Dabney Hall. That was the worst. The absolute oh. worst. I, I came in as a grad transfer, so I never actually set foot in a classroom in Cincinnati. I took all online classes um, and stayed down. I stayed downtown. There's a guy from my hometown that had a really nice apartment, um, actually close to where Nick Lachey was. So I had a pretty good living quarter, li- living quarters of living arrangement. Oh, you want, you're rubbing it in or what? <laughs> yeah. yeah you know, I, I had a pr- pretty nice setup when I was there. If you saw me in Terry's room, you guys wouldn't have came to Cincinnati. <laughs> we, we, stayed in, we stayed in Dabney for uh, a couple nights. Um, uh, Tony Pike. That's, all you, that's all you could take, right? Yeah, and then we went to went to, went to higher ground, um, and then uh, from there I got got back in my apartment and showed up when I had to, and went home and did my uh, stuff online. So let me ask you a question: Did Dabney Hall have air conditioning while you were there? I don't. I don't remember. I don't. I don't remember. Okay, because it didn't. We. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it had heat either. Right, dude. It was the absolute. It was there's so there's. I don't know personally, but I believe there's prison, Dabney Hall. <laughs> <laughs> one of my one of my favorite things that Fickle has said when he's you know got introduced as the coach was that if if they're keeping score, then we want to win. And I right. think I think that that stuck with me that he's really gonna kill it on the recruiting front. And you know I think this year they got uh, like you said a couple. There's not too many Cincy guys, but I think they've done well in like the Columbus area and. Uh, Dayton area. So this was a heavy Columbus and Dayton year for sure. That's where the talent was. That, that's what I love about him is he doesn't like fixate on it has to be Cincinnati because if it's not there in Cincinnati that year, then okay, we'll go to Columbus and we'll get Derek, you know, CJ Doggett and Tyler Gillison and we'll go get uh, Derek Shepard, a four star from Alter. And, you know, with, with Kobe Bryant and Derek Forrest, we'll go into Columbus and Northern Ohio and like Stephen Bird and uh, Jonathan Thompson, yeah. other Columbus guys. Like he'll mm-hmm. dip back into, you know, DeSales, his former high school. Like he just has a. It seems like he, the guy just has a great pulse on what's happening. In that he talks about a three hundred mile radius. Ben Luke does. I think in large part that's because they're now because of Sauce. They're a factor in Michigan. And because of Denbrock and Gino, they've been able to be a factor in Chicago. I mean, you think about Jeremy, Jeremy Cooper and Alec Pierce and, and Ben Bryant when he was here. And um, they've been able to go into Chicago and, and get some kids that, like, if I'm the head coach at Northwestern or, like, Illinois, I'm firing people for missing on some of the guys that Cincinnati has brought in from Chicago. Um, so he talks about a 300-mile radius, but he – what made him a perfect fit was he knows every coach in Ohio. He knows every situation. I'm sure he knew your dad, right, Ben? Yeah. So they, they have that football coaches association clinic, you know, in Columbus. And uh, my dad actually started that, but every school in Ohio, their coaches are there. So, you know, uh, when Kelly was there, and I'm sure Fickle as well, they bring their whole staff, even if they yeah. weren't speaking at the clinic, just to shake hands and meet all those coaches. So. It, it, but back to your point, Tom, like he, like he he gets it in terms of knowing the lay of the land, knowing what works, what doesn't work, what's hot this year, what's hot. And he's able to capitalize on that. It's impressive to watch. Yeah, I think uh, 
you know, the defense too, you look at the uh, up front, they got Shepard and they got, uh, I think it's Mario Eugenio. Mario Eugenio, yeah. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, these DBs that are coming in, it's like that's just how you build a strong defense. You you start getting these top-tier guys and you start putting them in those spots. And uh, I think Zach can appreciate we're, we're getting these big DBs. You know, it's like 6'2 is like the – you got to be at least 6'1 almost to, to right. be on Fickle's defense. So it's 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 just fun to see these guys coming in. And I think another thing is um, the development too, like – Garrett touched on it a little bit with uh, the players that he's played with. And um, none of those guys were really high, you know, recruited guys. I mean, they did have good offers, but they weren't four or five star blue chip guys. Alec Pierce is just a guy that's come in and, and worked his tail off and, and been productive as hell. So um, seeing the production in each one of those uh, position groups has been so fun. And, and seeing the guys coming in that can learn from, you know, what they've got on the team now is just going to keep building and, and getting better and better. I don't know if you guys know this. I want to, I want to throw this out at, the, at you real quick to get your reaction. Alec Pierce got a mechanical engineering degree at UC in three and a half years. <laughs> That's right. Zach. Not easy. Three and a half. Like everybody says you can't major in engineering at Cincinnati and play football. And Pierce not only did it, but he didn't do it in five years. He did it in three and a half. Garrett, you played with him. The, the, the dude is well. He's a nerd, completely. Yeah. So are you. So you can relate. Uh, but like <laughs> a handful of us, that's unbelievable, isn't it? Oh yeah, it, it's incredible. And I just know the class load it takes and the dedication, the time management. And I was also told no, and I told them I'm doing it anyway. So I, I'm sure he had. Pre-med yeah. for Garrett, right? So, yep. And so I'm, I'm sure he had a lot of conflicts and a lot of things and a lot of professors and a lot of, you know, extra credit he had to do to make up for the time he missed and the practices that took him away from what he had. And, you know, it just goes to show his character. And, it, and you know, it it's exemplified on the field, you know, with, with the way that he holds himself and the way that he plays and the way that he's disciplined and how he runs his routes. You know, it all translates. It's the work that he puts into the classroom is, you know, the same he puts on the football field and it's going to carry with him in life. Shout out to Alex Apian for uh, the Alec Pierce connection as well. He was a aerospace engineer and uh, I think fickle or one of the coaching uh, staff members, you know, Alex was, was kind enough to hop on a, a zoom call with him and, and talk him through that program and uh, maybe was a, a factor in getting Alec on campus. So. Pretty cool story, you know, former players helping out uh, where we can as well. You have to also give a, a lot of credit to Dr. Joe Lucky and, and his staff, his uh, academic services staff there at the uh, athletic department. Uh, and I made a comment in our um, CFLC group on Facebook about how um, things have gotten so much better for them. Like they, they take a vested interest in making sure that when you leave the university, you don't just leave and, hey, see you later. Um, by the way, check your inbox because we're going to send you these alumni. We need you to we need you to fund the program. Like, they don't just do that. Like, they ensure that you're – if you don't graduate when you leave, you're at least on the right track and you are almost there. And they follow up with you to make sure that you stay on course even after your playing days are done. And to me, that is – 
that is an amazing job that they have done over the universe. And I'm sure it is, it, it, and it's not in the vacuum, right? I believe it's been, you know, this way for the last 10 or so years. Like they make sure that you do what you need to do because you don't just come here just to play football. You come here to play a great game that you love, you grew up playing, but you most importantly come here to, to graduate and to become a productive citizen. So Terry, I was told, I was told today, since this staff has come in, they have a 100% graduation rate with their seniors. That's awesome. And we touched on this a little bit, but the all academic all American thing, like there hasn't been a first team academic all American at Cincinnati since 1997. John Kabalka. Yeah. <laughs> John Kabalka, that's right. Yeah. And not, they didn't only have one, they had two in Des Ritter and Alec Pierce, and they had two second team. All Americans and Lorenz Metz and Brian Cook. Wow. For you guys, that has to mean the world to see where this is at now in terms of taking these young men and developing them for more than yeah. th this Make isn't a football factory. Right. This is a young men factory. Yeah. But I think you get that when you have somebody that wants to stay and build a program. Like with Coach yeah. Kelly, with Coach Kelly, I mean he did a lot of good, but it was more business. We were athletes there first and you know, that's why you're on campus. We, we you didn't come here to play school. It was, it right. was exactly. famously said somewhere exactly. else. Exactly. But when you have somebody who's trying to establish tradition, wants to be there and cares about kids and not only in football, and I'm not saying Coach Kelly didn't, but, um, I mean, you see that with somebody who wants to, to be there for, you know, longevity. You can see that with, um, like I said, like I mentioned earlier with the academic staff, uh, it's, it's the fact that they actually care. You know, um, I reached out to Miss Carey probably – a month and a half ago to go back to school um, and try to figure out what avenues I could take. And she hit me back just like that. Um, no hesitation, no question asked. Uh, gave me all the information I needed and uh, was willing to help me through every process. So, I mean, that's that's a huge testament to, to that staff, um, the academic staff. Um, I know they were hard on me when I was there. I mean, I was I'm pretty sure a lot of the players could say that, uh, but they kept me on straight and narrow and they always had my back and they always wanted what was best for me. So, I mean, to see them doing the things and making the strides that they're making now and getting the uh, national recognition that it deserves, that, that's that's great for them. And uh, a huge testament to the hard work and dedication they put in. Did, uh, let's uh, relax a little bit here. We're, we're getting close to, I don't want to keep you guys a whole lot longer. When we talked about Nippert and it being empty, did any of you three guys over here on the right, playing the Memphis game in the snow? Yeah. There was, what, 30 people there? Like, to go from there, walking. yeah, to go from there to here, like, isn't that just, like, as stark a like, contrast as you can find? Oh, I mean, without a doubt. I think I think my stories, I tell people, you know, I, I, I grew up in Indiana, so my buddies all went to, like, Ball State in Indiana, and they'd come over to watch games watch me play just because they served beer in the stadium. Right. And they're, you know, they're Back then, nobody did. Cincinnati no, was like no, the only one. Yeah, Cincinnati was the only one. There'd be like 5,000 people in the stadium. And uh, you know, I, I was at homecoming this year just to see it, the electric of it. And uh, my son went to the Houston game, and he was telling me about it. And it's just unbelievable. It really is. It's hard. It's kind of hard to fathom. Just thinking back 27 years ago or 20-some years ago, Terry, when we were there. But you know what? It's deserving. I think the like uh, 
we talked about earlier, I think Zach did, we're, we are a little part, but the guys that are here now put in the work and they, they understand that they're, they're at a place where you can win and you, you have a chance to compete at the highest level. You got to give those guys credit for coming here and putting the work in. If you build it, they will come. Maybe. Terry, what was your memory of that Memphis game? You're on mute. Real quick, you're on mute. Terry, you're on mute. <laughs> That's our first look for a nine person podcast to only have one mute fail. <laughs> Epic. Unbelievable performance, gentlemen. So um, I remember us uh, coming out pregame warm up. We were wearing our turf shoes because it was, of course, on turf. And we were slip, slipping and sliding all over the place. And coach says, well, once we get to the locker room, he says, put on your cleats. I don't know if you remember that, Jason. Put on your cleats. And so we go out and – We had the old Reebok pumps back then. Remember that, Terry? You'd pump them up. I don't – dude, I don't want to remember. But <laughs> you got to pump it up. Don't you You got to pump it up. The, the original <laughs> pump it ups. Those were like – Honestly, those were like five pounds of concrete on each on each foot. You know, I'm, they they were they were equivalent to wearing Timberlands. Um, yeah. Seriously, like they, they. Anyway, so I remember um, the seeing the 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 Memphis guys come out of the locker room, and I remember number seven because he was he had to be at least six foot twenty, and he comes out with no shirt underneath, no sleeves. No nothing, and you got some of our guys bundled up wearing uh, three, three or four coats. And this dude is from from Tennessee now. You know, like I said, just in. So you saw other guys coming out ripping their their sleeves off and whatever. So they were ready to play some football. And um, luckily for us, you know, obviously our guys came to play as well. But I remember the the winning field goal by Tom Dallin. Uh, they cleared a space off of the, I don't know if it was referees, but it, whatever, whatever it was, it was uh, against the NCAA rules at the time. Clearing like out the, the, old, like the old Patriot game. Exactly, exactly. Clearing out the space for the kicker. So they we got penalized, moved, moved us back five yards. He kicks the field goal. And so we thought we were going bowling uh, for the first time in 46 years. So um, to see it from the days of when you – were just a casual fan to drive up the day of. Actually, during the game, you could have drove up to Dipper Stadium, parked your car at the top of the stadium, and just walked and got a seat wherever you wanted to the days now where you're on a waiting list for tickets. And to see, you know, um, them win a conference championship and a sea of, you know, black and red just storm the field, man, it is uh, – I'm, I'm among men here, but I got emotional. I got emotional just watching it on television. Like, man, this is this is incredible. This is incredible. So it's a it is a fun time, I believe, to you know to be part of of the program. And and to to Zach's point, um, to everyone's point, you know that we we they've made uh, recurringly. Um, these guys have put in the work. These guys have look. Our part is probably about that big. Their part. They're undefeated, or Desmond Ritter's class is undefeated at home. Are you kidding me? It has turned into, you know, a uniquely dangerous place for anyone wearing a competitor's jersey. And that's the greatest part about this entire thing. So last question, and I'd like all of you to answer one by one. We can go however you want. From seeing that field stormed 
the clock hit zero, the field stormed. We, we kind of knew at that point with the Oklahoma State loss that Cincinnati was in to tune it in on Sunday and seeing Cincinnati in the playoff. I wouldn't have it any other way than it being Bama. Like if you're if you're gonna be David, you 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 gotta fight Goliath. Like let, let's go. But what was that emotional roller coaster like over those what 15, 16 hours from we did it, we went undefeated, we won the we won the championship, and then seeing the sea paw come up on the screen to know that they were in, like take me through that ride. Well, I think for me, I, I didn't really believe it until I saw it. And uh, I think I, we were all anxious. And then, you know, I have kids that are, you know, in their 20s and in their teens, and they couldn't believe it either. They were like, Dad, did you really actually play at Cincinnati, you know? <laughs> but, no, I, I think it was awesome. I just couldn't really – really didn't believe it. Like Terry said, it was – you know, I was like, God, just thinking of all the uh, hard work that I put in there and how the program was just – kind of kind of blown in the wind maybe there and to think about how far it's come it, it, i mean it, it, it was very prideful because i remember i was actually in las vegas that weekend i had my bearcat gear out that sunday it was nine o'clock vegas time i wore my bearcat gear all, all day and i had people high-fiving me in the casino and the hotel and hey bearcats go kick some ass kick alabama's ass or i don't know if i can say that on the podcast oh yeah you can say whatever you want okay but yeah i mean it was, the it was, internet okay it was, very, it was prideful. I was like, you know what? This is awesome. Terry? Uh, uh, the same thing. Um, when when you look at being part of a of a, uh, of a a building block, and you, when you look at the screen, when I look at the screen, I see, when I see a Zach Edwards, when I see a Ladarius Van, when I see Tom DeTemple's, Ben Marks, you know, Gary Campbell's names that I have watched and cheered for knowing that they didn't just show up to the program and say, you know what, eh, I'm just here, you know, this is it's just you see. Like they took it seriously and you can tell, you can listen to what they've all said this evening to know that, you know what, the 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 work that Jason and I were able to, to put in, it didn't stop with us. It didn't stop in the year, you know, uh, 2000, it kept going. And not only that, you see it in these guys um, today. So um, to see that see Paul, like I, so I was speaking to um, a, a former teammate uh, from UC receiver by the name of Chris Willis. And he called me up and he was, ah, 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 I told you, I told you. So, you know, when, when, when you have guys that are just on pins and needles, you know, man, it, 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 fulfills every wildest imagination. So we went through the Dabney Halls and the snowball games against Memphis. And when we went to Madison and just got beat up by Wisconsin, you know, and it puts everything that we were able to do in, in, in perspective to where they are now. And to be part of a program that, you know what, this, no, it's not Alabama. We don't, we don't, we don't go out and, and, and recruit five star recruits and 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 our only pitch is you come here to go to the pros. That's not what it's about when you come here. When you come here, you come here with a chip on your shoulder, like was mentioned. You got guys that I'm sure every guy on the screen could have gone somewhere. I've already committed to Michigan out of high school. So 
Um, don't it's, don't ask me that's another podcast all by itself why I wound up here, but I'm glad I did because I couldn't ask for a a, a, a better moment, um, a better year, a better situation to be part of than to say, you know what, I played there and here we are. Darius. I'm, I'm, it's, it's an unbelievable feeling. Uh, I'm going to just say this. Uh, I didn't think we was going to go. I thought they were going to they were going to find every reason not to invite us. Every reason not to invite us. So I didn't watch because I didn't want to get that. You know what I mean? But I started getting, you know, t- uh, messages on Facebook. Congratulations, y'all in the um, big game. I'm like, what? So I went and checked it. You know what I mean? So. I start coordinating. I'm like, who's going to the game? Because I know I'm going. I, I know <laughs> I'm going. who's going to the game. Where y'all staying at? You know what I mean. So I, I booked everything that Monday. I booked everything Monday. Uh, and so we found out Sunday. Once somebody sent me the ticket, the UC ticket thing, I brought my tickets, and and I, I'm I'm excited, ready to go. I just think, you know, what I mean, the foundation. I remember my first year. We went two and nine. We went two and nine, and I'm like, why am I here? You know what I mean? And then it, it, it gradually got better. You know what I mean? You built a brotherhood. Even though we were losing, it built a foundation in my life. You know what I mean? Brotherhood. And I am where I am today because of you, see, how they built me, the brothers that I have, the people that I still communicate with. So, you know, it, it built a foundation and a, and a, and a, and a responsibility to do what is needed to do when it is needed to, to be done. So I just think, you know, and especially thank you guys for inviting me. And, you know, what I mean, I, I, I remember watching for, uh, for Benny. I remember uh, watching him on TV and I, and I said, you see, I'm like, I went to that school. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? So like it is, it's a beacon of hope. You know what I mean? Like somebody's in Kelsey, my, my son, my son is seven years old. See, he just turned seven. Travis Kelsey, he's a Travis Kelsey lover. Like, like Travis Kelsey. I'm talking about every team that like Madden, he trading for Travis Kelsey on any team that he's on. <laughs> can I give you a great yeah. can I give you a can I give you a great story real quick? Go ahead. My daughter's name is Kelsey. Yes. Wow. I named her after Jason. Wow. His brother. Okay. But when I showed her pictures of them as she got older. She's like, I'm named after Travis. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and I was like, you were born in 2010. Travis wasn't yeah. any good yet. She's like, yeah, I don't care. I'm named after Travis. <laughs> yeah. So my daughter knows where your son is at. Yes. So about three years ago, he got to meet Kel- uh, Kelsey, but he was a little four years old when Travis came to the uh, homecoming game. Yeah. Uh, I actually was there, and um, my son was able to, you know, take some pictures with him and everything. He's excited. You know what I mean? So – I just think where we're at is very, very, very a unique situation. I'm happy to be a part of this organization. And and just a question, who else is going to the game? I know Jason said he's going, Terry going. I know Aaron, hey, Chad. Hey, Missouri, going. you can't come down? Yeah. Um, I would. Three years ago, I was single with a dog. And now I have, uh, I have f- uh, five kids in my house and a oh, cat. Geez. So. Um, I can't just pick up and go. And if I if if I could afford to buy seven tickets and uh, pay for the hotel rooms and everything, I'd be there. But I'm gonna go via satellite, so I'll be there. I don't I don't know if you know Ben, but I've got some philanthropic 
uh, like I can raise money real quick. We no, can start the bed mock fund. And get hey, the mock yeah, yeah, that that'd be good. That'd be good. Car payments too, if you if you could do that. Too. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll go to bed. What did it What did it mean? To well, you to, I think I think for me there was a there was a, a meeting that we had with Coach Kelly. And he brought in some alumni, and they were talking about their experiences at Cincinnati. And there was a former <laughs> quarterback. I don't remember his name. Shorter guy with dark hair, and uh, he said, "You know, the biggest thing you do when you leave." is uh, you're not a player anymore and it's going to hurt. You're not playing, but you got to become a fan. And it's hard to become a fan. And I didn't really know what he was saying in the first couple of years. I was like, man, I just want to be out there. And uh, I'm glad that Garrett is now the guy that's been there for 14 years. And that's kind of my joke's (laughs) over. I'm not the Brett Favre of college football anymore, but I just wanted to be out there and thought I could still play so bad. But then, you know, over time, just becoming a fan and, and just appreciating, you know, what Cincinnati has done and, Knowing that when I was there and I was only only played for a year, but I would have done anything. I mean, I got shot up with Toradol before games. I got shot up with quarter zone before games just so I could get a robot arm. Yeah. I mean, I, that coach, coach Kelly didn't let me throw in practice a lot of weeks. I just handed the ball off. So and then on Saturday, I'd take my shot and I would go play. And a lot of guys wouldn't do that. But I would just do anything um, to try to win games and, and on that nipper field. And kind of a funny story. There's a high school just right down the road here in Missouri. I, I take my kids to to see every once in a while. And. Um, so Nippert Stadium, the field turf, they sold it to Reed Springs High School here in Missouri. So it's the same turf. So I'm like, hey, right down there on, on that spot of the field, that's where I scored a touchdown. And and just those memories and then seeing Cincinnati be successful and people asking a lot of questions here. So when I saw there in the Final Four, just like a culmination of everything that came before. And there's a, there a coach I had in high school named Mike Clark that played there, I think, in the 70s. And, you know, hearing stories about Fabini and seeing pictures of him, like, who is this guy? I didn't know if he was white or black or what position he played. And so I, I got to learn about him and now being on a podcast with him and just this thing, everything just come kind of full circle. And I think if we can go down there and, um, you know, win this game and then win a national championship, I think, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a great achievement. And, you know, everyone's a part of it, whether you played there before or their small part or big part. And, and uh, it's just something – you know, we all we all have a, a part in that, and it's it's something special. So when that seat ball popped up in the final four, it it meant something to me. It's very significant to me of of just that one year or two years that I was there and, and being around those people and and watching them over the years being successful. So it meant a lot to me, and I'm, I'm sure it does everybody else. But um, that's just what I say. Tom. Yeah, I mean, seeing uh, you know, as a player, I got to experience uh, going to the Orange Bowl and Sugar Bowl and. You know, seeing Nipper uh, being stormed uh, as a player and then seeing it as a fan, um, it, it brought memories back for me. And I was like, honestly, I just felt so good for the the current players because I, I remember what that meant to me and what that felt like. And I was just like reliving it through them and like seeing how excited they were. Um, but, you know, getting back to like the uh, Nipper having, uh, you know, not at capacity and we went through that. And part of my outlook is you know I kind of complained about the big games we played in and Nippert wasn't packed so as a fan I always feel like I got to show up and support them and make them feel like you know Nippert is as loud as it can possibly be so seeing seeing uh Cincy pop up in the the final four and we got an opportunity to play for a national championship is is one of the best feelings you know you could have as a former player obviously this is surreal I mean I honestly don't even know if it's if it's set in yet i just got the announcement today that i got tickets and i'm like floating around i feel amazing like it's just like i'm going to dallas it's all sinking in i'm talking to you guys i feel great uh chad thanks for inviting us on this has been a lot of fun and i can't wait to meet up with more people 
down in Dallas and, and celebrate Cincy's success this year. Zach? And thank um, you, Tom. For me, if you know me, you know uh, I, there, there's nothing bad I can say about UC. I mean, I'm UC through and through. Um, but to see that C Paul pop up on that screen, I had to like double check it like every 10 minutes just to make sure I wasn't like seeing something or being pranked about it. Like from one of my friends, I got multiple texts from friends. I'm like, y'all are in. I'm like, all right, now let me go check. Okay, let me go check again, make sure it's still set in stone. Um, <laughs> they didn't change so, their mind. I mean, yeah, right. Like, please don't change your mind. We're, we're good, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's exciting for, for the program. I mean, like I said, I'm Cincinnati through and through. So that C Paul being put on that big screen, um, to be able to compete and uh to show the uh, the, the the world what uh we what we produce um and the hard work that they put in. Um I've been so ecstatic and like on cloud nine ever since that announcement, honestly. Um I've been at work talking about UC and kids about oh UC's not gonna win. Uh, yeah, whatever. Stop talking. I'm, I deal with middle schoolers, so they're they're <laughs> yeah, they're a handful. Like, oh yeah, coach, they're not gonna win. They don't have a chance. Ah, stop talking to me. Stop talking. Like I don't, I don't take any UC slander from anyone. I mean, it's all love with the kids, obviously. But yeah, just to see them, um, to be able to want to compete with me about who's going to be winning and who's better, and then to have those kids that are actually rooting for UC because they know I went there. I mean, that's that's great too for the program. Just to be able to have that impact, um, being able to wear the seatbelt. Garrett. Since you played um, with all these guys, we saved you for last. Yeah, I know, right? I, I got to pass the torch on to DeBlanco here. He's on to year six, isn't he? Yeah, he's on year six. Do we? Yes. Yeah, I feel like we like, have a seven. Oh like it, yeah. Doesn't it feel like there should be a seven at this point It's time? crazy. Absolutely crazy. But um, one thing that Ben said that kind of resonated with me is, you know, he talked about how, you know, he wouldn't practice all week and then he got shot up with Toradol and then ended up playing. That was you. That, it just reminded me of my senior year and it just – you know, it, it resonates that every single guy in here and every guy who's played for the program would give their all and give everything to the program just to be out there with their brothers, to do it again. You know, that was my whole goal in those five weeks is just whatever I can do. I remember being on the sideline in tears, begging Crook to let me go in uh, at the USF. Yeah. And um, it, it's just incredible to see where they've come. And being at the game, I was lucky enough to be at that uh, championship game and watch the field get rushed. I, I watched from the stands, but uh, you know, being part of something like that before, you know, uh, when we uh, won against Miami against the U and we had the field rush, then you know, I was part of something like that. And uh, this was even a more momentous occasion, and and I knew that it wasn't only a win for those guys out there and the coaching staff, but a win for the whole city. You know, I could feel the energy in that place and I could feel um, just, it, it, it was surreal for me to see that happen and, and was a moment of awe and shock. And, you know, I didn't even wait to Monday to buy my tickets. I bought my tickets on Sunday at 10 before they even announced this at noon. You know, I already had them lined up ready to go. And, Cause I didn't want to miss out on this opportunity. And, I'm just so thankful and grateful for, you know, everybody that came before me and, and dug the path for me and, and everything I was able to do. And I think the thing that's most important is I think the university gave back to me a lot more than I could get, ever give to it. And I'm just forever thankful to that and the guys here and everybody who supported us along the way.
Before anybody says something, I just want to give a, a, a big shout out to you know that they that they talking about their shots and everything. Bill Walker and um, you know Bob Goings and a lot of people don't don't give a lot of credit to Bob Goings. Do everybody know who Bob Goings is? Oh yeah, former athletic right. director. Yes. May he yes. rest in peace. Yes, may he rest in peace and Bill Walker too. There was uh, the things that we got going on. There was a big part of it. So I just want to give a good, you know, shout out, rest in peace to both of them um, to help build this program. You got to throw Nick Marotti in there as well. Yes, 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 yes. You're right. Who was that, Terry? Mick Marotti. And, and I think without a doubt, John Whitaker yeah. has been there for. Yep. Mm-hmm. There'd be no yeah. higher ground Wig. without John. What about me? Uh, I could go without higher ground. That's Wig. for sure. Yeah, yeah. You guys love higher ground. Yeah, that that food though, you can't go without that food. Oh no, that's true. Bring the food to campus. We're good. Yeah, Yeah. I'm with you. Y'all talking about you know shots and everything. I want. Well, guys, it was all a pleasure. I appreciate it. Great to meet all you guys. Some of you I've seen you from afar, and I look forward. I'm going to be down in the in Dallas, so I look forward to seeing all you guys at the game. Yeah, this was. We've done 300 plus podcasts on this particular podcast channel. This was absolutely one of the best we've ever done. Uh, It was amazing to get all you guys together to hear the different stories, to see so many guys from so many different points in time in this story was exactly what we wanted. I guess I got to give Alex credit, Tom, for helping us together. Reluctantly. Hey, Alex, the, AP, the AP family took the entire football team to Buena Braza um, back in the day. So I love the AP family. They can, they're good people. So I love Alex too, but Alex has been a member at Bearcat Journal for a long time. So we have a fun back and forth with each other. So if I don't get a few shots in on him, he would wonder what's wrong. Like, we're going back and forth on Twitter, setting this thing up. He's like, "You here's all the people you need to CC in the emails, and you got to do this." Yeah, I'm like, Alex, relax, man. We're just gonna do a podcast and have some fun. Calm down, buddy. It's not aerospace engineering. We're gonna be all right. <laughs> any, any word on tailgating? Um, yeah, I haven't worked. heard anything specific yet. There's there's a bunch of stuff on Bearcat Journal. Um. But I, I haven't heard anything. Like, apparently, it's a massive like, I, spot outside. I get, yeah, I get in on Wednesday. So, I'm, I'm actually coming Wednesday. So, yeah. If uh, if I hear anything, I'll get with Alex, and we'll we'll pass it along to everybody. Okay. Uh, we usually do Republic of Cincinnati. I don't know if you were familiar with those guys. Yep. Um, I'm sure, like, I know Mike Galati is going to be down there. Are you guys doing a CFLC thing, Tom, or? Yeah, we're working on that now. Um, okay. Well, then once we get the details uh, figured out, then we'll we'll share it with uh, the group and maybe we um, can coordinate with uh, with yes, Republic. We, and we can get because I think many, the Republic people would love having all these guys jump in. We got a spot, Alex, but we're we're wrapping up. Like we've had these guys for almost two hours. So I'll much. drop. I'll drop real quick. I, I appreciate the time. Thank you, guys. This was fun. All right, I gotta go too, guys. Yeah, you guys do your thing. Get out of here. Thank you All so right. much for Thanks, your time. This was this Great was amazing. See you, Terry. See That's you right. guys. You guys are all free to go. Thank yeah, you. Appreciate it. I'll see you soon, Garrett. Take care, Zach. I'll see you soon too. We gotta get Trout on here. 
We do have <laughs> Trout was a missing piece of this for sure. So we for need, sure. I rep, I'll represent the class, but next time we'll have him too. All right. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, Gary. Thanks, Thanks, Gary. Thanks. You have a good night. You too. Aaron. That was unbelievable. What just happened? That was unbelievable. I had visions of how good that could be. There was nowhere close to that. Well, and we have round two coming up relatively soon, correct? Uh, we'll see. I, I don't like We were going to, because the Zoom format, we were able to do a ton of guys. Right. Um, in this format, we were only able to, to have 10 people in the room. Right. I don't know exactly if we're going to do a second one right now. But oh, now gosh. that we've introduced something like this into the, the, the Bearcat universe. Journal universe <laughs> that was awesome yeah like yeah, i'm really cool. yeah, i'm still like just i haven't stopped smiling for two hours it was a lot of cool stories and i feel like uh, the guys from ptp are already hitting me up like we need to get this dude for an interview like <laughs> this one-on-one dude, i want to get ben mock his own fucking podcast right uh, that's exactly what jeff said he's like ben mock book it <laughs> <laughs> that guy like he played quarterback He's just slinging from the hip, bro. Yeah. And oh he was he was just dropping jokes and I don't know that everybody else in the in the pot even right. caught him. Right. <laughs> it's fantastic. This, this is top 5 favorite podcast we've ever done for me. Very cool. I'm I'm not terribly upset that Dave wasn't able to make it and I had to step in. Drats. <laughs> Darn it. Had to, <laughs> had to hop in on a pop, top 5 podcast ever. And didn't really have to do much work. Sure they, that's That was the thing I was like, I, I didn't know about was how would it go? Like getting yeah. around, like developing. Because the, remember, these are guys from the mid 90s, yeah. the late 90s, the early 2000s, the mid 2000s, the late 2000s. Like there weren't, a, there weren't a lot of connections other than, you know, obviously like the guys that played together. Right. Um, but boy, that and was awesome. Some of them hadn't even really had discussions with one another prior right. to this. So that they was never met each other. They just super, popped on. Super cool to be able to, you know, be the vessel that allowed them to do that and to hear those stories. I I'm a happy camper tonight. That yeah, was, you should be. That was fantastic. Thanks to whoever suggest I don't remember now because a day for me feels like a week at this point in time. I don't remember who suggested it. But thank you for suggesting it because that was great. Thank you, Jeff, for the uh, great work, boys. I appreciate it. And thank you, Alex, because Alex did do an amazing job. Like, I didn't handle the, the talent management of that. Alex Apian was the one that was like, we're going to get this guy, and we're going to get this guy, and we're going to get this guy. And some guys fell through, and some guys worked, and some guys didn't. And however it worked out, Very that cool. was awesome. That was awesome. All right. Tomorrow, recruiting podcast with Mick. Yep. So we're going to get that done. The content never stops. I, I got practice in the morning. Uh, I'll be back at uh, at the bubble. Hopefully it doesn't smell like vomit this time. Hopefully they got that, the vomit issue cleared up. Yeah. That was rough Tuesday. It, was rough. it almost made me not upset that I had to wear a mask in there. <laughs> right? No, the mask was a godsend. My my breath was better than right. Than I brushed bubble. my teeth. I brushed my teeth in the morning. The, the the mask was much better than the bubble. Exactly. 
All right, man. Thanks for the Holy Grail, as always. Thanks to Aaron. Thanks to those guys, all seven of them. Wow. Wow. That was cool. We'll see you next time. It's the Holy Grail BCJ podcast brought to you right here on BearcatJournal.com. Sit.